Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host, James. And as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So let's get right into it. Um, man, this has been a busy, busy week. Uh, so busy, in fact, that <laughs> this episode is actually a day late. So um, for people who normally are wondering um, or normally listening on a Saturday, wondering where the heck the uh, episode was, it's uh, right here just on Sunday. So uh, apologies uh, for those who are frequent listeners and always, you know, thank you for listening because it always helps. Um, but yeah, had a really busy week uh, this week um, with just a lot of things going on, you know, short of my own personal life. But man, um, if you live here in the U.S., then, you know, you're not under a rock. Uh, you know that we inaugurated a new president uh, this week. Uh, in Joe Biden. Um, really, really exciting, I guess. I think for me personally, it's just exciting to uh, get over the incitement of violence and, and just radical thinking and, you know, things of that sort, you know, like I, I'm just not about people uh, being against one another in such a harsh fashion. I think that, you know, to disagree and to, you know, uh, have have a stance is fine but you know when people are drawing weapons and walking around the street and you know just lynch mobs and all this other stuff is just ugly and you know i'm just kind of i think people are going to get over that really quick now thing about it is (laughs) all the people who've shown themselves to be that type of person i mean they've already you know been spotted and and you know it's basically we know who you are Um, but I think that less will come out of the shadows at this point and we can just kind of focus on just healing and getting better, you know, as individuals together, um, you know, if that could ever be a thing, but I digress. So, but you know, one thing that is, is, you know, comical in a sort of way is that, uh, you know, the one thing that I was really used to was all of the comedians who are online, you know, your Seth Meyers, um, your, uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's, uh, you know, like everybody's online and like their, I mean, their talk of the night is Donald Trump and, you know, all of his, you know, missteps and, you know, flub ups and whatever. And they made a killing as far as viewership with the things that he did. I think, I think honestly, uh, they owe him a huge, uh, debt of gratitude because, you know, without that substance, you know, they, their writers would be, you know, frantically looking for material to, you know, for people to find funny outside of what, uh, Trump was doing because all they really were doing was, uh, just, you know, like I said, making, making light of the lighter situations that they could, you know, cause a lot of things that he did was extremely severe and in poor taste. And, you know, one of the, I think, one of the other thing about the comedians and this was something that just took it out of context for me was when they stopped being comedians and they just start started being, um, uh, you know, panelists, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, just, you know, they, they just kind of got serious and it was always about them. And I'm like, no, just leave the serious stuff to the news because I'm already looking at the news. You just do the comedy because you know, that's what you get paid for. You know, you get paid to be funny and that's what I want to see is you being funny. Um, 
you know, because some people need to detract themselves from the reality of their circumstance or situations. So it doesn't really help. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, with him, with Donald Trump being out of office, you know, it's going to be really hard uh, for them to have that stream of, of steady work. So, you know, hopefully they're all their writers are staying on their toes. I think the only person I haven't seen, um, you know, making that amount of, uh, of material based on Donald Trump was, uh, Conan O'Brien. And I don't know if it's because he's, uh, Republican or if he, you know, believes in those ideals or, or what the case, but no, I've actually just been, you know, watching more of the other, other comedians, um, do it, you know, your Jimmy Fallon's and stuff. Um, but you know, I mean, like I said, hopefully we just get back to normal and they start making real comedy again and, uh, we can just enjoy that. Um, in the, in the regular news, uh, speaking of comedians, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, was reported to have, uh, contracted COVID-19, um, as it is no surprise because, you know, in this world as being told by everyone, you know, you can be anybody anywhere at any time and get, you know, get this, uh, disease or, or virus. And, um, and, you know, he, he got it, you know, and I, you know, I think there's something to be said, you know, about, um, you know, him having, you know, a comedy show. Um, and I'm pretty sure that at his show, they took precautions and stuff, but one of the, uh, one of the telltales was, um, you know, there was reports that Elon Musk was seen maskless backstage, um, before, uh, Dave Chappelle had, announced that he had COVID-19. So, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's still a lot of people who are operating in this careless fashion in a way to say like, oh, I am immune to, you know, the world because it just, you know, people believe that things can't happen to it, to them until it actually happens to them. And then they're devastated. And then they say, you know, the, the famous line, I can't believe this happened to me. It's like, of course not, because you, you, you live yourself, you, you corner yourself in such a delusional world. Like you, you have to keep yourself on notice and, you know, at all times, anything can happen to anybody. You know, it's the reason that I don't drive reckless because anybody could be in a car wreck. It could, you know, I could be in a car wreck today. I'd much rather be in a car wreck if knowing that I was driving my most careful as opposed to being reckless, thinking that I can, you know, get up a couple of lanes or get somewhere 15 minutes faster. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's again, it still can happen to anybody. Um, I just hope that people, it's really, it's really too late to hope that people become aware, you know, because we should have been aware from day one. Um, but I keep asking myself, like, what is it going to take? Who is it going to take, um, you know, for this to really be serious to people? And I really, I don't know, like, I really still can't even understand how, you know, half, half people believe that, you know, we need to do something about this. Half people don't even believe this, this is really a thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and for those who think that it's not a thing, like, well, why would Dave Chappelle just come out of the woodworks, you know, and just claim he has COVID-19? Like, what what does he gain from that? Um, But I'm sure that these conspiracy theorists can think of some reason uh, that he would want to do that. Um, 
but we're going to switch we're going to switch to something different because I don't want to talk about all things upsetting in real world because again I like to detract myself from the things that are going on day to day and I usually do that with video games and TV. Uh but one of the things that I I'm going to mention uh bringing up next is a game that I don't even play and that's Fortnite. And you know, one thing that I can I can honestly say about Fortnite is that they are taking over the world when it comes to PVP battle Royale, uh, gaming systems, you know, like when, when it comes to that style, um, that genre of gaming, like they are the top, they are the best. Now there are several that people enjoy, you know, but you know, there's, there's definitely, (laughs) there's definitely something about Fortnite that rides a higher wave when it comes to this genre of gaming. And, you know, where I where I kind of look at it and and take notice was was this weekend's um, or this week's announcement when they announced uh, uh, Predator for for Fortnite. You know, like they they always announced these characters and it was a big, huge thing when they did um, when they did the Marvel stuff, you know, like they had the Marvel stuff and it was just coming out and, you know, any character that you could have wondered about you know whether they were going to feature they were there you know and then and they did uh the t800 and uh sarah connor um just you know like all kinds of stuff and they're just riding a higher wave and i mean it's it's cool because you know there's there's that where they can feature all of these different licensed characters and products and whatever and then there's the other side where you know the the competition are just trying to be original. And I think that's what keeps them in the race is because they are essentially trying to win uh, their fans from their originality as far as their characters and who they build and in their seasons, which, you know me, I'm not big into seasons of anything. I actually just turned on um, Destiny 2 last night and they were talking about the 13th season. And I always thought like seasons lasted for a year. You know, like when you watch TV, you know, you uh, had a sitcom that had a season and, you know, it started in the fall and ended before summer. And that was the season. And then it didn't come back on until next fall. But, you know, seasons have been redefined as any given time that they want to take one phase and start a whole new one. Um, but but then again, there are four seasons in a year. So. What are you, you going to do? What am I going to do? I'm not going to do anything because I don't make video games. But yeah, um, Predator and Fortnite, um, really, really huge uh, uh, asset that they're putting in the game. And I thought the biggest that they can do was Deadpool. So um, yeah, it's just, it. all it really asks, all it really begs of me is to ask the question, like, what next? Who next? You know, like, I would always keep my mind or keep my attention on seeing exactly what they plan on bringing out, you know, in the next venture, like they don't need to rush to a sequel, which I think is huge for them. You know, this is one of those things that I, I keep uh, harping about, you know, like games as a service, it, it sounds like such a dirty word, but it's something I do believe in. And I think that Fortnite is an example of a game as a service being done right. Um, I think that you can take a, you know, you can take an IP and if you, you know, if you execute it 
right from its foundation. You can just build on it and continue to build on it. And people will just continue to come and play it. You know, Destiny 2 essentially is doing the same thing because let's be real. Destiny 2 really isn't Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is just Destiny 1 just, you know, overhauled, which they should have just overhauled it from the beginning. And just and, and we'd still just be playing Destiny. But Destiny 2 was such a rush to just get everything um, right the first time, because I think that they thought that they were going to be, <clears throat> you know, um, held back by a lot of the missteps that they made in the original game. Um, you know, the original game was still fun. Uh, I really enjoyed the original game and I enjoyed two a lot. But, you know, uh, two is definitely in in the uh, same category as like I'm speaking about um, Fortnite. You know, like they've they've made a property that they can just continue to build on for years and years and years. And we won't have to worry about a third entry. I don't think anybody's going to be asking about a third destiny for at least another I want to say three years, three years, if, if they can keep, if they can keep the content, uh, robust and they can just keep things coming out that people are going to want to play, you know, they, they don't, ne they don't necessarily have to do the modes, but definitely expanding the story the way that they have that, that, that will help. But I do think that what they need to do is that when particular stories kind of phase to the back where it's kind of like, Oh, I forgot that there was a shadow keep. They need to discount or just make those free. Because you want you want to give players an ability to at the very least catch up to where other players are um, and not just in like a like a level boost, like level boosts don't really matter if I can't get to the mission where my friends are because I didn't buy, you know, or at least close enough. And it will be the incentive to help make that purchase. You know, if, um, you know, like right now I'm playing on Google Stadia and. I don't have any of my um, expansion packs from uh, from PS4, which I think is it sucks. But can you imagine like if they allowed me to just go ahead and just play through, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the expansions up to uh, Shadowkeep and say, look, if you want to keep going, you know, now you have to get beyond light because this is where everybody else is. And it's like, OK, for sure, because because I don't have to look back and think about all the other stuff that I have to buy. You know, and trust me, I know people are saying, well, why don't you just buy Beyond Light and just forget about the other ones? Because they make a point to have you in the narration uh, face up to things that will uh, bring up an event where it says, oh, you need the Shadow Keep expansion in order to even, you know, be talking about this. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's that. Um, what else do we got? Oh, so uh, uh, Friday, uh, the third episode of WandaVision, if you've been watching that on Disney Plus, um, man, they, they're, I'm going to say this. Disney's good. I, I, I totally get why they uh, they've basically made it to where they're rationing out their episodes because they're not going to have anybody binge watch their stuff and then cancel out on their account. They're not going to do it. And I think it's genius as as a um, as a as a marketing strategy. But man, it kind of it kind of makes me a little upset. But at the same time, I think it's it's genius. But um, yeah, Friday, uh, we got episode three and I'm not going to go into details as far as like what um, the episode was about. Um, but I'll just say, you know, the points that I kind of um, 
you know, thoughts stood out. And, you know, I would say just mild spoilers, not not really uh, spoilers at all, because, again, I'm not talking about plot. But um, um, it is very trippy. It, it This one, this episode feels more like Twilight Zone, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, than anything, you know, as opposed to like how it was feeling like Bewitched or Leave it to Beaver or whatever. This one feels really, really um like Twilight Zone is extremely trippy. Like you see a lot of things, you see people's, you know, um, you know, eyes and how they're looking at other characters and, and things going on. And it's just, it's weird. It's super weird. Um, one thing that I noticed, um, and this is one of the kind of spoilers. Um, so Wanda has a scene where she immediately starts talking with that Slovakian accent again. And I remember in the first two episodes, I was thinking like, wait, wasn't she from Europe? And wasn't she talking like, like she sounds like totally American. And I, and it would be something that I would just toss in hindsight and not think twice about, you know, because, you know, I see it in all kinds of uh, formats. You know, I see it in wrestling all the time. They have wrestlers who, you know, uh, appears Russians on television, but then they have a, you know, a thought for a different character for them to play and they drop the accent completely and they have no excuse why that happened. Um, and so I figured that was the same thing going on here, but she started speaking in that very thick uh, European accent. And I was like, Oh, I, th- I think this is a part of, this is a part of the, uh, the whole track of, of what's going on. Um, one, one thing that I did notice is that, vision doesn't seem to know what's going on it's becoming extremely apparent that he does not know what's going on um one of the questions that i wanted to ask and again now here's the here's you know a part of the plot where if you haven't seen it you might want to turn away or you know turn this off for a little while um where did the babies come from (laughs) like where did the babies come from like that was that was super weird to me um I don't know if, if she dreamed that up or thought that up or what, but it, it, it made for a comical episode, but there still is the fact of the matter. Like, where did they come from? Like, okay, whatever. Um, the other thing, Geraldine got booted. Um, and I thought that scene was actually really funny. Uh, you know, vision comes in, ask where she is. And Wanda kind of looks like, oh, she went home, you know, like she left, she just left. And then you, you know, you get to see her, you know, where she ends up and it's just like, whoa. Um, and then I want to know who are the players outside of what's going on in the entire show? Like there's, there's something going on on, on the outskirts and I really need to know. Um, I hope by episode four, we get more from that perspective, um, from the outside perspective, because I, I, I just, I'm at a point where I just want to know where I'm, where my major players are. And I just, I really want to try to connect the, you know, the protagonist and antagonist. It's just, it's, it's human nature to want to do that. You always want to find out who are your good guys, who are your bad guys, or who's the offense, who's the defense, what's going on. Um, and I'm really just trying to pin everybody down but somebody said something really interesting to me uh yesterday they said i think wanda's gonna end up being 
the villain by the end of this whole thing. And she may be a major villain in uh, Multiverse of Madness in Doctor Strange. I said, whoa, that is that is something that I would definitely pay to see. Um, I ultimately wouldn't want it to break down to like a sacrifice of her no longer being in the MCU because that would just be bad. But yeah, if she was manifesting all of what they were perceiving in the movies going forward, that would, yeah. And I also, I also used Wanda as, as an answer to a question that, that was formed online, which is, you know, um, how, how is Marvel, how's the MCU going to introduce mutants? And I definitely think it's going to happen through, um, maybe not necessarily Wanda, but I definitely think it's going to happen through some, something through the multiverse. It's got to. And I think it'll be a very, um, last minute acknowledgement because it's going to phase into their, into their next, uh, trail of movies. Because I think what they're going to do with the X-Men is they're going to do like they did, uh, with the Avengers. I think they're going to, I don't think they're going to give us an ensemble team from the beginning. I think that it's going to be a coming together type of story. Um, I definitely think they're going to do a Wolverine film. Um, but it will be weird to do like to like have films like Cyclops, you know, or Storm like those those films wouldn't make money. I don't think I don't think there's a, a easy way to make uh, to make those other characters look cool because Wolverines look so cool, so much cooler for so many years. So but, you know, I mean, they could I mean, there's several ways that they could make that happen, you know, like and I mean, you know, they made Thor um you know, really awesome, <clears throat> you know, with <clears throat> buddying him up with, uh, <clears throat> with, uh, the Hulk and, uh, you know, he's going to be with the guardians of the galaxy, you know, in their next foray. So, you know, it's, it's ways to make things kind of, uh, you know, to stabilize certain characters and make them seem cool. Like if you feature certain people, you know, in, in, in a larger character's role, uh, or scene, then yeah, I guess, you know, people will be like, you know what, I could probably watch, you know, a whole, a whole, uh, a whole, uh, movie about storm if it was done right. But you know, it is what it is. Um, so outside of the realm of media, um, or visual media, movies and TV and all that other stuff, when they get back into some video games, cause uh, Hitman three, released hitman 3 and you know i've been so on the fence about this game i've been so on the fence because i re like the way that they've been talking it up the way that it's been kind of um you know it the people in in their uh marketing division have been doing their job and yes i absolutely was on the cusp of purchasing this game but i stopped myself short and the reason why is because I, and i've said this online I actually suck at espionage games. I suck at games where you're supposed to hide or not be seen or blend in. Um, and then ultimately to do something like kill somebody like, yeah, cause I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like for me, I'd much rather just go in with, you know, with the gun and just mow people down until, you know, I'm sure that my objective is amongst the bodies that I've, you know, laying out only in a video game, obviously. Um, but yeah, like there, I, I just, I'm not, you know, that like my only motivation for playing the metal gear games, the metal gear solid games was just 
I just want to get to the next cutscene because I knew they were super long. So it was just like, let me let me sneak fast enough, well enough, just so I can get to the next cutscene. That's it. That's all I ever wanted to do. And that's and that was a motivation for me. But with Hitman, it's so different because you don't buy into for the most part, you never really bought into the story of Hitman three or Hitman in the universe, but they're making you buy into the story, which is good because this is kind of like the send off um, game. This is the one that's going to end um, the um, the assassin story line. And uh, yeah, they it's just it's a culmination of everything. And they actually did something that kind of going back to the whole Fortnite thing. They they basically transitioned this game so that it's like a game for a service so what they did was they took hitman 3 and they made it so that it's accessible to uh hitman 1 and 2 so you know you can yeah you're going to be able to play all of the new content that 3 provides but you'll also be able to go back and play maps from 1 and 2 You know, so um, I think that's cool. And I, and and what was really well, so so here here's how far I got. So I got as far as trying to. I was gonna coin toss. I was like, look, I'm, I might get this game, even though I hate espionage, right? Um, but I said, you know what? I have this game. I have uh, you know, I, ha- I have one and two. So let me and and why do I have one and two? Because um, because it was free on Google Stadia. <laughs> um, so I went ahead and. I, I got that going and you know listen again I, I was really I was really hating the the sneaking around and stuff like that but what I did enjoy and what might as long as they have a, have a which I'm I know they have a robust focus on it because it's a part of what makes Hitman Hitman I really did enjoy the um the uh you know disguising that's fun that's actually really cool um <laughs> I did this one mission and uh i had to get this guy um i think we were in cuba or something like that and i had to get this guy um into a a test plane he was like this chess player or something and um you had to get past all these armed guards and all this other stuff so i dressed up as a um i dressed up as a uh mechanic uh for the uh for the aircraft and i went over there and i sabotaged the aircraft then i had to find a, a soldier and then I dressed up as a soldier and uh walked past the soldiers that were guarding his room uh escorted him to the uh to the plane so that he can come and test it out and then um and then I um <clears throat> I had him uh test out the plane actually I had to walk up to the office in the uh in the grease monkey outfit I forgot um but anyway, you get him down to the plane, you have him uh, t- test out the, the cockpit and you have him hit the eject button and he like flies damn near to space. And it's so funny. And if they if they do that or that you have a capability to do that a majority of the time through any of your missions, then I, w- I would definitely keep playing Hitman um, because those comical ways to just off somebody just I mean, they're so ridiculous, but it made me say, you know what? I can get behind this. I can play. Now, I still haven't picked up Hitman 3, um, but I think most of the the big reason why I haven't picked up Hitman 3 yet is because I really need to get good with Hitman, period. Because Hitman isn't a game that I just like go out and play all the time. I haven't 
<clears throat> you know, I haven't kept up with the series in itself, which is really odd. Like, I don't even know why three came out and like all of a sudden I'm about Hitman. But um, yeah, I guess I'll probably I'm, I'm more than likely going to grab it when I when I can, you know, efficiently get through missions and not have to think about, you know, uh, think about the the espionage being a labor uh, as opposed to. Um, you know, just an actual mission. But I was a little scared looking at some, I, I saw this one mission that I did. It was kind of at this, uh, what was it? A, a, a model showcase and it was at this mansion or whatever. And it was like thousands of people there and you had to off these two individuals, two people, right? And I looked at the uh, scoreboards, the leaderboards and somebody had done it in like a minute and 15 seconds. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how did how did that even happen? Like you had to you had to be like a ghost in order to which which essentially that's what they want you to do as a hitman. Be a ghost, be unseen, get the job done. But yeah, I'll have to probably look at some YouTube videos and see how people are going about doing that. But I don't. But the reason I don't want to do that is because I don't really want to formulate any ideas on how to get my job done, because I think that's the unique thing about Hitman is everybody has a way that they're going to go get it done. And that's that's their calling card. That's what makes uh, Hitman fun. So uh, if you if you uh, grabbed Hitman three, awesome. Let me know how it is. Uh, but I'll eventually get there. Uh, and in that I will segue to, uh, the game I've been playing most recently and more frustratingly in Baldur's Gate three, still, uh, hanging on to that. <laughs> um, I, man, the day I bought it, I did try to return it. I'm not going to lie. I really did. I was like, look, this game sucks. This game is really too hard. And I, and I cannot, and cannot, cannot, cannot continue to play. Um, but you know what? I stuck with it. And I don't know, like, like I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm, I'm learning that, you know, that you really have to take the, you got to be cheap with the game, you know, for, at, from a novice's standpoint, from my stance, you have to be cheap with it. You know, I did a lot of, I did a lot of, uh, saving, uh, in between, you know, you know, doing some specific task up to a minute point so like once it was done and it was like okay save right here because it could totally go wrong from this point you know um and and it sucks that you have to play a game like that it really does and you shouldn't <clears throat> um you know like the one thing that i really dislike about the game uh, so far is the um and this is gonna incite violence if somebody listens to this and loves Dungeons and Dragons, but I, I, I hate the rule set. Um, I hate the roles because, <clears throat> and, and the only reason, look, it, it's as simple as this. There's nothing technical about the roles that I hate. It's just, I lose all the time. I lose every single time I roll and it sucks. You know, it, it sucks for a game to focus on you losing all the time. You know, it's bad enough that the enemies are always like a level two levels above you and in combat you're going to be decimated but you can't even give me you know the efficiency of a decent role which you know people think well, rolling is up to chance it's like yes but this is a computer game <laughs> like like let's just be real about it um <clears throat> you know it's yeah it's just every time i've ever rolled you know for you know whether it was behind charisma intelligence strength whatever i lose all the time and it, it just it just it's such a disheartening feeling it's just like oh freak like why um 
one thing, if if I could suggest something to Larian Studios, they need to focus on getting that story mode out. Because there are a number of gamers who just don't really want to invest in that point of playing. And yeah, I know if you don't want to play it like that, then you really don't want to play the game. No, that's not true because I enjoy the story for, for what story I am able to get. And I enjoy the characters that I've, that I, you know, have met and, and, you know, am, am playing with, but yeah, I don't enjoy being beaten down every five seconds. You know, um, I just got over the, uh, the, you know, um, save i think his name is helan or something uh the druid and uh you know have the uh have you know help help the other uh race with their kind of exodus to baldur's gate and you know i've gotten to that point but that was hard and now i'm over at this uh going to this tea house to go fight this uh this hag and again i'm looking at her 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 level and her power she's like her her hp is 125 mine's barely 27 it's like how does this happen how do i get myself into these things like you know like there's no proper level scaling um it, it just i don't know it just all feels wrong and i'm pretty sure people who have beaten this and have played this are like oh you're just doing it backwards or you're going in the wrong place but why should there ever be a wrong place to go you know, I mean, I thought the point was to play these games the way you want to, but I do, but I do get it, you know, like, you know, definitely there, you know, like nobody, you know, nobody wanders into a swamp, knee deep into a swamp. If they know that there's a, you know, chance that there are gators there, like, no, it just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, I get it. You know, you definitely want to avoid things that are the most evident danger, you know, for your players, but that's the thing. I don't know where the more dangerous or least dangerous places are. So it's, so it, again, it's a bit of a challenge, but it is what it is. Um, the last bit of, uh, uh, information or news that I wanted to talk about was, uh, uh, Google Stadia, um, has been outed for, um, something that I guess it was hidden in their uh, code in their APK or something. And there was something that was uh, titled uh, project Hailstorm, And there are a lot of speculations on what exactly project Hailstorm is. And I actually came across an article and they had some um, really uh, interesting um, speculations. And I think that they were probably the more fruitful and, the more the more likely in in that same breath and what they are is so the first thing that they believe project hellstorm is is that it is uh the announcement the the inevitable announcement of their uh their blizzard partnership so blizzard you know being one of the um you know partners that they announced in the very beginning of stadia um you know making their eventual uh you know coming out party and that would be really big you know if, if blizzard uh turned around and brought things like overwatch um diablo world of war world of war if they brought if they brought the entire world of warcraft like that would bring so many players you know because one thing that i do know for a fact is that stadia is really good at cross save and cross play um so if you if you were able to bring a lot of your product over and leave the threat of losing information or data um in the wind people would play people would absolutely play 
Um, but at the same time, it, you, you're not going to I don't really think that they're going to do much for hardcore people who have been sitting playing World of Warcraft for years, you know, on their rigs or keyboards or whatever. But maybe there are those people who wanted to play and just don't have the equipment and Stadia is a way for them to do it. So who knows? Um, that is if, you know, that's uh, that's what Project Hellstorm is. Uh, the other speculation is that it um, it is a foretelling of an eventual update to the Google Stadia platform. Now, this is something that I've been kind of harping about, um, you know, being that the Xbox Series X and the uh, PlayStation 5 have come out and they are, you know, kind of on a different tier as far as what uh, games are able to do. Uh, you know, you guys like to talk about this ray tracing. I have no idea what that is, but um, I'm assuming that, you know, Google is going to want to keep pace with the current generation of systems. And in order to do so, they are going to need to update their platform. Um, so I'm hoping th this is like out of the three, this is the one that I hope it is. I definitely hope that it is an upgrade to the system because um, it's only going to make the great games look better. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to give them the capability to ensure that the great games coming in the future uh, have a possibility of being there where they can be ran better because we've seen it happen with cyberpunk 2077. Um, and I don't think that that would be any short, uh, you know, of a case with anything else, you know, that has that same graphical fidelity or, you know, um, huge asking of a system's resources. So, uh, yeah, I would totally be on board if they decided to update, um, their infrastructure, but I just hope that that update doesn't come with a steeper price beyond nine ninety nine. So, which if they did, like I will look if 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 they update their system and they told me that I had to pay twelve ninety nine, I'd be okay with that. I'd pay up to fifteen bucks before I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. Fifteen and and yeah, I'm I'm done. But they'd have to give me more free stuff too and more frequently. Um. There, the last, uh, the last speculation is that, um, that they finally are going to release their own, uh, first party game, uh, which would be huge. And it would be really awesome because, you know, they, you know, they, they announced the gaming studio. Um, I've actually harped on this in past episodes. I think that, you know, they're doing themselves a disservice to, <clears throat> you know, announce a studio, but not, I mean, they, they've published particular games to come out. Um, guilt being one of them, which is a really nice game. Um, but they haven't announced anything that they have been working hard to develop. And I think that this would help them to solidify as, you know, a serious contender amongst all of the, you know, game systems that are out today. You know, if you want to be seen amongst, you know, the, the systems that everybody loves, as as a worthy competitor, then you have to make your own stuff. And I think that's huge. And I think that if they do announce that at another showcase, they got to have at least three to five games that they they tell the world we're working on. Three of them are, are in development, but two of them are right around the corner. You know, like we need that type of announcement because you need something to get people hyped. And I would be super hyped to know that Google's com committed to creating, you know, their, you know, to creating their, their brand to creating, you know, um, you know, to committing to, to putting their effort behind Stadia 110%. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not 
you know, they're not backing out like they've backed out on a lot of different things in their in their infrastructure. But, you know, this would definitely make me say they they 110 percent believe that they can compete with Sony, with Microsoft, with Nintendo and with PC. So we'll see. So hopefully, uh, you know, you guys have had an awesome week. Uh, did you guys uh, in the U.S. watch the inauguration? How do you feel about our new president? Um, how do you feel about, you know, cases uh, still going strong with COVID-19? Are you a believer? Are you somebody that believes this is all a conspiracy? Um, are you playing Fortnite? Uh, did you grab the uh, Predator, um, you know, character and how does he play? I mean, I'm pretty sure they all play the same, but still a question. Are you watching WandaVision? Um, did you see episode three and how did you feel about that particular episode? Um, did you grab Hitman three? Um, are you playing Baldur's Gate? Um, and what would you speculate that Google Hellstorm is? So, um, if you got any answers to those questions, you can always hit me up on social media. You can hit me up on Twitter under more TA podcast. Um, always down the talk to the listeners. Uh, want to thank you guys for listening all the time because it's really awesome and it motivates and helps me keep moving forward to continue, uh, making product and content for you guys. So thank you. Uh, with that being said, you guys, You already know the deal. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.